Yes. Hello, my friends, and welcome to this, another edition of the Underdog Football Show. My name is Josh Norris. His name, as always, it's Hayden Winks. And today, Hayden, as we approach almost one week away from NFL kickoff, we know that this is the peak time. Everyone has the information they need to win and be successful this year. Let's put our brains to good use and do our best not even our best. Let's absolutely confirm the best, perfect, most complete draft for the 2021 season. Let's do it. Does that mean that we can pretend that Christian McCaffrey fell to the third round here for us? <laughs> what, are the, what are the rules? Yeah, I, I think that's a good segue into trying to define the rules here. So in just a little bit, we're going to spin. The 101 is not in play here because we all know what that start would be. Um, we have no idea what draft slot we're going to be going in. But we're going to then go through 18 rounds using underdogs ADP to try and create the perfect draft for you to try to emulate for us coming from our brains into your ears and into your eyes. Now, we know, and all of you know, especially if you play an underdog, different draft rooms can be totally different. Drastic changes even in the same day from room to room. So I, I think, Hayden, what we should do is try our best to, to stick to similar points in each round early on. But I also want to just, at times, bring up our favorite pick in each round, like the the, the 12 slots in totality. And I know that you're going to get the odds. So one, three, five, seven, and me the evens at two, four, six, eight. Yep, I want to look back at this team and just be like, all right, these were kind of our guys for the year. So we're going to be a little liberal as we go on, but it's it's all right. We'll just pretend that some of these guys fell. But early on, we'll just do the randomizer wheel and we'll stay pretty consistent with like that 12-person grouping from wherever we go. So should I give it a spin? Yeah, give it a spin. Let's see. All right. I'm, I'm, I don't know which spot I'm hoping for. Honestly, hey, I'm probably hoping for like 10 or 11 or 12 and we're not getting there. We're getting, we're getting seven. All right. Seven it is. The 107 is we're going to go. And before we jump into that, I do want to say, boom, if this isn't enough information for you, Hayden and I have put together, along with Katie, who is tremendous, our free draft guide for all of you. It has cheat sheets for the total top 200. It has positional rankings, quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. We go 30 deep at quarterback. 70 deep at running back and wide receiver, so on and so forth. 10 must-draft players. I'm sure we'll see a few of these names today. Hayden, even players to avoid as well. And then adding on to this, our ideal drafts from a few different slots. Again, you can go check that out. And if you've never played an underdog, it is the best way to prepare for your at-home league because you can test out the 101, the 107, the 112. Actual money is on the line each time. Get rid of those mock drafts that you do on other sites Deposit anything, skip the guacamole, and to underdog, enter promo code the show, and you get a free $25 out of Hayden's pocket straight into yours. So go and try it out. Okay, once again, round one to round 18 from the 108, from the 107, I should say. Again, we have 12 picks of ADP to choose from here. Hayden, how are we starting this off? Because you and I have no idea where the other person is going. We're going to feed off each other as we go along. I'm pretending Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Derek Henry, and Ezekiel Elliott are off the board. That gives me into this tier of the elite wide receivers plus Travis Kelsey or any of the other running backs. I like waiting for my running back in round two in this type of range. It's between Devontae Adams, Travis Kelsey. For me, I'm going to go with Travis Kelsey. The more and more we watch preseason, I noticed that every single one of these tight end twos are falling off. We had Anthony Ferkser not playing all downs. We have Irv Smith out with an injury. Some others are out with an injury. Like Blake Jarwin hasn't separated from, from himself. So all those tight end twos that we were hoping for, and Adam Troutman, just never happened. So we'll knock out Travis Kelsey. We will not draft another tight end until we get to like round 16. And I'm okay with that. This dictates the rest of our draft, Hayden. I know I'm probably fuzzy on my image right now. But this dictates what we're doing because – the first round and really second when we're getting to it, it makes sense. Now, Travis Kelsey, Hayden, allows us to get that 110-point gap, at least from last year, versus the tight end three overall. Uh, that is so drastic at a position that will give us headaches if we wait all the way into round eight, if we wait until round 10. So getting that 
out of the way right now in the most bankable offense. A few more things about Travis Kelsey. You guys can go check out our full tight end rankings. We even have a video just on Travis Kelsey as well. If you're not certain of him being a first-round selection, he leads the NFL over the last three seasons in 15-plus yard catches. That's not just at tight end. That's also at wide receiver and you know, including those as well. So this is the most bankable player in the most influx position in the most bankable offense as well. The Chiefs are going to be facing a ton of cover two, and that means that underneath they're just going to allow Travis Kelsey to kind of eat against zone coverages. Nobody is better against zone coverages. Nobody is better on a per route basis against cover two defenses than Travis Kelsey. That includes the wide receivers. He's basically an, a glorified X receiver out here on attached to the best offense. So you, can't, you really can't go wrong unless you get got injured. And he's never injured. Like He's played like seven straight seasons without missing a game. So. All right, so that means we're coming back here in round two. Hayden, I started the summer just like a lot of other people uh, with a few concerns with the Pittsburgh Steelers, their offensive line, um, you know, questioning the decision of picking a running back in the first round, Big Ben's arm. But the more you think about it, the more you realize that I believe we're considering the worst case outcomes here for rookie Najee Harris. And he's going to get 300, 350 touches, especially a ton of passing down work just from the eye test alone, Hayden. It looks like he's absolutely an NFL player in terms of his fluidity, in terms of his his success as a player as well. And so here in the middle of the first round, while I would have loved to get Austin Eckler, maybe in your league, I would have prioritized him over Najee Harris. I'm totally cool with Najee Harris here in the middle of the second round. I'm not that concerned about the offensive line if he's getting all these touches. And he's like 240 pounds, but he catches a bunch of passes. He got over 40 balls at Alabama last year. And you had buy-in from the owner, the front office, the coaching staff, Big Ben, the offensive line. Literally everybody wants Najee Harris to be successful. So I'm okay with him in the second round. Uh, previously, you can get him in like the early third. Those days are kind of over, but I think that we're all realizing this dude is not coming off the field. And I think that Anthony McFarland's even starting the year possibly on short-term injured reserve, which means he'll be out for three three weeks. And they were like looking for reasons basically to cut Benny Snell. The rest of the depth chart is no bueno. So I, I'm, I'm all aboard Najee Harris here. Yeah, I mentioned Austin Eckler as a player I love if you can still get him in round two. And hey, there's so many wide receivers here that we would have loved in round two as well. I mean, Calvin Ridley at the start, if we could have gotten him, there's a chance that he leads the NFL in receiving yards this year with Arthur Smith in the fold. Um, love Justin Jefferson at the end of round two as well. I know that that team might be bottom 10, bottom eight in pass attempts this year, but with like everyone either having questions or going down around him, there is an outside shot that Justin Jefferson leads the NFL in targets this year. But as much as I do like, and we'll get to them, some of those, you know, round six running backs, um, I feel super, super confident in having an anchor at the running back spot and starting off with the onesie position of that dynamic of Travis Kelsey and Najee Harris here. All right, let's move on over to the wide receivers in the middle of round three. And you got like CeeDee Lamb, Keenan Allen, Terry McLaurin, Allen Robinson, Mari Cooper, Robert Woods. All of these guys are firmly in play. I'm going to go with Allen Robinson. This is more realistic where we're drafting in the middle of the third round. But I also think that we're talking about a player that was the wide receiver 12 per game last year with Mitchell Trubisky and Nick Foles and all that nonsense. This year, he can get an upgrade with Justin Fields. I also think that Andy Dalton is straight up a better passing upgrade over Mitchell Trubisky. And you saw the, the usage last year. Allen Robinson was the wide receiver six in fantasy points per game on based off of his usage. I don't see any reason why that would change. He's always underrated. And I think that Allen Robinson can have a higher ceiling than people are giving him credit for. Darnell Mooney's an awesome player, possibly an awesome role player. There's not a wide receiver three we're worried about. And I also want to be kind of setting up a little stack here, potentially for our QB two, once we get to like round 11 or so. So I'm going to go with Allen Robinson. There is a glut of wide receivers, like you mentioned, being drafted there in round three. Um, at the start, at CD Lamb, Keenan Allen, Terry McLaurin, Allen Robinson. Uh, I think that's a tier of on its own. And right now, A-Rob is being drafted at the end of that because in the next grouping, while I still like these players, it's Amari Cooper, Robert Woods, Tyler Lockett, Cooper Cup. You know, there's a lot of duo number ones or number two wide receivers on that list. And I think A-Rob is still an absolute alpha. He's also in a contract year. He's also been super productive in with other quarterbacks that won't be nearly as good as Justin Fields. I hope we get Justin Fields early on the season. Hayden, because while Andy Dalton 
might be better than at times of what they got last year. Uh, Andy Dalton still is not good, uh, but we've seen A-Rob do it with pieces like that and being attached to quarterbacks like that. And so I can't wait to see him with an actually good football player at quarterback because the sky truly, truly might be the limit despite him being selected right now, I believe as like the wide receiver 11 at the moment. Correct. And we're, we're talking about the Bears defense. It's low-key kind of falling apart a little bit. Obviously, they have some stars out there, but the, their cornerback group is not nearly as good as it was the previous seasons. I'm not sure if we're going to have the Bears be like a top five defense like they were the last couple of years. And that could open up some games where Allen Robinson is chasing points a little bit more than he was used to anyway. So he's just such a good player, too. Couple notes before we move on in round three. I saw our friend of the show, Will Brinson, tweet out a team on Underdog where he started the 101 with Christian McCaffrey. At the end of round two, got Joe Mixon, and at the 301 spot, got CEH. Are you kidding Ooh. me? Are you kidding me? Look, right now, CEH with the the release of Darwin Thompson Thompson being waived. I know. I, I don't understand why he's dropping. Hayden, like we know. have laid it out in multiple shows with multiple different people, including Nate Tice, that there is a path to top eight, top seven relevancy here with CEH, but he is starting to fall more and more into the start of round three. And if you're seeing that, I would swoop in as quickly as possible. I almost asked you if I could uh, shout out to the fantasy gods and get Clyde Edwards Slayer in the middle of the third round, but <laughs> I decided that would be a little unfair. But at the at the round uh, two, three turn, he's, he's usually sitting there. And I mean, he can literally be, the RB3 overall this year. Like that, that would not be a surprise to anybody. Since we started off at a onesie spot at tight end, since we then hammered our anchor running back in Najee Harris, let's keep going at wide receiver. And Hayden, there's a lot in this group to like, but there are two players that we are just higher on than anyone else. That's Julio Jones. That's DJ Moore. I mean, the public is drafting Julio Jones at 42nd overall right now in our combined rankings, which you can find in our free draft guide, which is listed below. We have him 30th overall. DJ Moore at 40 in terms of his ADP. We have him at 32nd overall, and that's our selection here in DJ Moore. Just for me personally, I have him ranked ahead of Julio Jones. I don't understand whatever concerns are out there with, with DJ Moore at the moment. I mean, Hayden, it's back-to-back seasons of over 1,100 yards. That's his obvious floor with Joe Brady and whoever's playing quarterback at the moment. He's also top 15 in yards after catch each and every season. All we need is for him just to hit home on more touchdowns. You know, his career season high is four in a single season. That's an individual, you know, part of his game, but it's also part of the game plan. Like the Panthers can improve in that area. Joe Brady can improve in that area and where DJ Moore is being drafted again in that like middle of the fourth round territory. I want to be all over that. And I have so much exposure to him this season. He's just so explosive. It's like so evident. Like when he, when he's winning downfield, he is owning the risk, the, the cornerbacks on the outside right there. So it, it just, it comes down to the, the touchdown luck and he's had zero of it so far throughout his career, but I don't think that's going to necessarily keep happening. I think that, there's room for the Panthers to improve. We just need to get Sam Darnold to get a little bit better than Teddy Bridgewater, which I don't know if that's going to happen or not. But like DJ Moore, like you said, he's his floor is he's a wide receiver too with spiked weeks. And there is a little more potential than that if he can kind of take another leap, kind of round out his game, particularly in the red zone. And they don't have like a clear slot player like they did in Curtis Samuel. Terrace Marshall can play that, but he can also play outside. Robbie Anderson can play in both alignments as well. And so does DJ Moore. DJ Moore lined up there about 25% of the time last season. We've also seen him with two different a dots in his career. I mean, he's gone from a 9.6 average at the target to 13.7 this past season. This team also wants to throw downfield more often. And we've seen the preseason Hayden. I think he played like a half and had about nine targets in that one half that he played with Sam Darnold switched to number two. Again, DJ Moore is being drafted as the wide receiver 19. I have him personally all the way up at the wide receiver 13 spot. There's so many wide receivers to love in this round four area. But Hayden, again, starting off with a tight end and a running back, our two top receivers, Allen Robinson, DJ Moore, this is going perfect, some might say. We are going to go for another wide receiver because my goal always have four wide receivers by round seven or round eight. kind of depends on your league settings. 
And I'm going to go with Adam Thielen. All the, the Vikings players are dropping like flies out there. And I think that Adam Thielen, when you're in two wide receiver sets and it's just you and Justin Jefferson out there, there's literally nobody else to throw the ball to. And we know that Kirk Cousins is a flawed player, but he, when he's in the pocket, he throws an accurate pass. And that's all we can ask for with Adam Thielen. I know that there's it's a little bit risky, but we're shooting for upside here. And we know that Adam, Adam Thielen's had top 15 wide receiver seasons. So I think that right in the middle of the fifth round is he's, he's a pretty, pretty solid upside play. I think just because the way that the Vikings offense is set up, I got to be honest with you. I am shocked. You picked Adam Thielen over chase Claypool, a player that you've talked about all summer on the show, a player that we look at this time next season, Hayden and view as a top 15 wide receiver in the NFL. Why Thielen over Claypool? If we didn't have Najee Harris, I would have picked him. I, I just didn't want to go with the running back and wide receiver on a team that like I'm, I'm nervous about like the floor could fall out completely. So I think that I would rather let Najee Harris go off and like they're not passing the ball as much and just let Najee yeah. Harris go to go to town and then chase Claypool in another build. You're hoping that Big Ben comes back. They're throwing the ball downfield more. And it's still a pretty pass heavy offense where Chase Claypool can go off. Both of them. He can go off and eat in either scenario. He, he definitely could. But I think I'd rather just like s- spill it out a little bit more across a couple of different teams to start. There's also a couple interesting running backs in this area too, and namely James Robinson. Hayden, James Robinson is a, a player who you're going to hear me talk about this during the show. His ADP is in flux because so many of us have you know attached ourselves to the slots and where he was drafted in June and July. But now we we majorly need to adjust because this is a player who was you know top ten at the position. Last season, he got a ton of volume, a ton of run. Guess what? He should get an absolute ton of run again. He is a true three-down player. And, hey, I think the offense is just going to be better. So from that perspective, I mean, it's it's such an unknown at the moment of how his season could be based on what we previously thought that maybe James Robinson turns into an awesome value here in the fifth round. But maybe that's because you think we need to hammer wide receivers since we have to start three every single week. Yeah, I, w- I was considering James Robinson. I-, I think just the big picture thing with James Robinson is like everyone's saying, like, oh, he's not going to have 95% of the workload. Well, yeah, but he was the like the RB5 last year. So like if he has 70% of the workload, he can still finish as the RB14, RB15. Like that's, you don't have to compare last season and say, oh, his role's changing. He's a must fade. Like there's a middle ground here where, yes, Carlos Hyde's going to steal a couple snaps, but it's going to be all the low value touches that we don't even care about. And this just comes down to like, do you think James Robinson's any good at the game? And we think that he is in, in some, in some capacities, particularly on third downs and running between the tackles. And that's the two jobs that you want. You want the goal line role. You want the third down role. Carlos Hyde. Awesome. You can take the second and four carries. We don't really care about those anyways. Yeah. Imagine being an undrafted free agent on the worst team in the NFL and still finishing as a top 10 running back last year and really painting the narrative for what that season became in fantasy football. I mean, look, like you said, his his snaps, his opportunity might go down just a little bit. I would be shocked if his efficiency doesn't go up just based on, on the fact that team is that team is going to be better. Okay, so we're through five rounds, five rounds. Hey, now I also want to bring up one name that we didn't touch on. And maybe people, because we drafted DJ Moore in round four, wouldn't want to also draft Robbie Anderson in round five. But we are almost a full round difference between where he is going at 59 overall, and you and I list, list him at 48 overall. Uh, I love Robbie Anderson. Again, he was stereotyped as just as vertical playmaker for his entire career, and now he's so much more than that. His A dot dropped, more yards after the catch. He has now, you know, this this connection with Robbie Anderson. They, excuse me, with Sam Darnold. They they gave him a new contract to to instill faith in him, and. Again, I don't know if you want to double up this early on Carolina Panthers wide receivers, but if we, you know, went with Julio in round four, Robbie Anderson in round five is a smash to me too. Yeah, I love Robbie Anderson in a vacuum. I just don't like him with DJ Moore. Like when we're drafting DJ Moore in the fourth round, that's because we want him to be the wide receiver eight overall. And if that happens, like Robbie Anderson's not going to necessarily be a wide receiver too, which we will is what we're looking for in the fifth round. So um, I like them in separate builds, but I think you can make a, a strong case for either one of those. Robbie Anderson had a higher a dot with Sam Darnold. I'm not sure if that's just because Sam Darnold's more willing to throw the ball downfield compared to Teddy Bridgewater, which is an absolute fact. But I think that you want to build those two guys differently. I, I always like to do my stacks like 
the wide receiver one plus the wide receiver three on a team. And maybe if the wide receiver two has a bad year, then the wide receiver three elevates. Like I would rather wait for Terrace Marshall. Like and it. that's how you can get your Panthers stack, not DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, who are probably going to be cannibalizing each other at the, the top end outcomes. All right. Five rounds, quick reset. First of all, do what Quan says, leave a like, subscribe down below while you're here. Our only goal is to help you win this season, point blank period. That is it. Go check out our previous videos. And I should probably outline what kind of draft that we're doing. One quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, one tight end, and one flex, and a whole bunch of bench spots. If you played an underdog, you might see it. It's called best ball, and we love it. There's no waivers. There's no trades. There's no lineup situations. We set your optimal lineup after all the points are scored each and every week, and then boom. So someone you draft in round 16, 17, you don't have to necessarily predict when they're going to hit off. We've seen those usable weeks because we'll put them in your lineup for you. All right, here we go. Let's jump to round six, Hayden. So we have our three starters at wide receiver. We still have an open quarterback spot, an open running back spot. Do it. There's four names I absolutely love in round six. And first, I'm just going to list them. And maybe we should have a conversation about them. Okay. Dak Prescott at quarterback because he is the fifth on the list of the top five, which I think are in a tier of themselves. I think actually, Hayden, the concerns of the shoulder, excuse me, the ankle and the lat are baked in at the moment because we saw tiny sample, but the quarterback won in fantasy points per game last season. But since, unless we want to pair with Michael Gallup in a little bit, we don't have Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb. That's probably not going to be the selection here. And then dare I say, Hayden, while everyone is moving in one direction away from running backs in round six, I absolutely love three names going in round six right now. Mike Davis, Gus Edwards, and Trey Sermon. Thoughts? Mike Davis. I mean, how could we not? This is like yeah. clearly Mike Davis to me. It Make is, the case. Make the case. Bold here for Mike Davis. You listen to a bunch of content out there for football, and it's great. I, I think our community is awesome with instilling confidence in a lot of selections. To me, Mike Davis, I'm not going to call him a safe player, but when we look at possible smash spots for running backs, being the lead ball carrier in an Atlanta Falcons offense with Arthur Smith calling plays, that is now more narrow to Calvin Ridley, Cal Pitts, and Mike Davis, again, a play caller who was first and second in red zone touchdown success rate last season, and Mike Davis, who stepped up in the absence of the 101 last year in Christian McCaffrey and not only broke tackles as a runner Hayden, but absolutely showed each and every week he can catch six, seven, eight passes. I understand that $3 million in the grand scheme of the rest of the NFL for a quote unquote career journeyman might not be a strong sell, but Hayden, when you eliminate that and focus and zoom in just on the team and say, we are so cap strapped that a $3 million investment with just Quadre Allison and Cordero Patterson as the other running backs on this team, if Mike Davis plays 17 games this season, he's in an absolute smash spot here in round six. Absolutely. It just comes down to, do you think Mike Davis is good enough to hold up for most of the season? And when I'm looking at the depth chart, the bar is very, 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 very low for him to keep that keep on to that job because we know that Quadrioles and Cordero Patterson are just not it at running backs. And Mike Davis just top five in broken tackle rate on receptions and running between the tackles. And he's super physical and he has a size profile to hold up across the season. And I just love what Arthur Smith could be doing for the ground game. And we've seen Matt Ryan dump it off to his running backs time and time again, too, over the course of his career. And there's not that much target competition uh, with the Falcons either. So I don't see him coming off the field too much. I think that he's a better player than what people will expect. And I know that he's older and he didn't break out for a while. And I get that, but that's why he's in the sixth round. If, if Mike Davis has been doing this for three years, Mike Davis would be a third round pick, you know? So my, my tape evaluation and just like some of the advanced metrics point to me that he actually can play a little bit. He's not the perfect runner. He's not going to beat you with massive long runs, but he gets the yards that you need and he can create a little bit on his own out in space too. He'd be going where David Montgomery is going. I mean, right right below 36 overall. And he's going as, as 61 and overall again in our free draft guide, which you can find down below. He's going at 61st overall right now in underdog. You and I have him at 43rd. Now, if he was gone, Hayden again, there's still two other running backs. I like, despite a lot of other people hating 
this area. And that's Gus Edwards and that's Trey Sermon. Kind of two different standpoints. One, Hayden, I don't think public drafters are high enough on Trey Sermon because, you know, he wasn't getting a ton of publicity ahead of the NFL draft. Guess what? Kyle Shanahan loves him. They have been showcasing him during this preseason. It is so clear. I think he's going to get half the backfield carries at least. And then Raheem Mostert comes in for about 30% this year as the home run threat. He's going to be the grinder when they are going to have games of carrying the ball 30 times each and every week. Like we saw it with David Lombardi, Hayden. I, I quoted you in that, in that tweet. There might be a run first team. I mean, if defenses cannot stop Kyle Shanahan's run game, he's just going to keep running and running and running the ball. That, as we get closer, makes me a little more wary of the likes of Brian Nayuk and Debo Samuel and so in on Trey Sermon even at cost. It's not going to be as explosive. Maybe, well, maybe it will be. I'm kind of viewing this like the, a light version of the 2019 Ravens, like when they were absolutely shredding people on the ground. Yes, Lamar Jackson threw for a bunch of touchdowns, but the volume just wasn't there. I do think that Jimmy G is going to play a little bit. Like I, I think I do think that they're going to go with this committee, like maybe through the bye week, and then we'll see what Trey Lance could do possibly after that. But yeah, Trey Sermon, I would not be surprised if when they're up twenty-eight to fourteen in the in the fourth quarter, here comes Trey Sermon for about six smash mouth carries right up the gut, and I think that he'll be the goal linebacker. I, I love Trey Sermon. He's he's not Mike Davis though. Like Mike Davis, we know could play in the league, and he's going to be on third downs. We don't know that about Trey Sermon. So I, I like Mike Davis over Trey Sermon, but I love I love both of them. And we have a whole video on Gus Edwards by himself, so I won't dive into that. Go and check that out if you want to. But it is interesting to me that while J.K. Dobbins, who is a superior talent just individually, was being drafted as the running back 15, and Gus Edwards is still trying to settle somewhere as in like the running back 20s area. And while you know his skill set is not diverse, his narrow skill set for the Baltimore Ravens is absolutely perfect. And again, here in round six, it's plug and play to me. Okay, so through six rounds, Hayden, for our podcast audience, which you can take with you on the road, the Underdog Football Show and every single podcast platform out there. Travis Kelsey, round one. Najee Harris, round two. Allen Robinson, DJ Moore, and Adam Thielen, a trio of wide receivers in round three, four, five. And then Mike Davis in round six. Hayden, who are we taking in round seven? I'm willing to commit to Mike Davis and Najee Harris as our like stud running backs. And we're going to pound wide receivers here. I think the best one on the board in round seven is Devonta Smith. I think he's, this is a trust the tape evaluation. He was awesome at Alabama. I know he's undersized. I know that doesn't help him for his, his projection, I guess, but he's so hard to press at the line of scrimmage. And we see in the preseason, he's just so elusive, like his first steps and like how he just, owns people on the outside and in the slot if they want to put him there. The biggest reason why I think that Devonta Smith is going to have a huge season is the Eagles are going to face a ton of zone coverage because they have Jalen Hurts. And Devonta Smith is just so smart. He's just so experienced. He's going to know what he's going to be doing out there. I think he's going to dominate the Eagles in target share. Like I think he's light years ahead of Quez Watkins and Jalen Rager. And I think that Devonta Smith is going to be an awesome, awesome player. Maybe a, a very light version of Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson was like in the perfect spot for a huge breakout season. Devonta Smith's not, but I think Devonta Smith is an awesome player, and I just want to buy a rookie. We need a little bit more upside, I think, through our draft right here, and this is the perfect opportunity. Maybe you get that smash, Devonta Smith, the wide receiver 15 season. It's absurd where he's going right now in drafts because – He's still going at 74th overall. I feel like it's because we've barely been able to see him. That's after Cortland Sutton, Antonio Brown, Tyler Boyd. We just brought up passing concerns possibly from a volume perspective for Debo Samuel. You and I, in our combined rankings, have him 12 spots ahead. I mean, Devontae Smith is in such a good spot. I don't think the Eagles are going to be bottom five. They'll be middle of the pack in terms of passing volume. I absolutely love getting their clear, clear number one wide receiver target here to round out our wide receiver quartet. And I will say, Hayden, the the, the research I did, the prep I did for the show was to write out names I like in each round. There are so many in round seven. There are six names I absolutely love in round seven. We mentioned Devontae Smith, Russell Wilson, Damian Harris, Michael Gallup, Mike Williams, heck, even Raheem Mostert. This is a loaded loaded round Corey davis mike williams are like two guys i was considering here at the wide receivers like this is this is like the range where you definitely want to grab one of these wide receivers but even like damian harris like you said and raheem Mostert, like those guys can be 
productive. I just think that in our build, like we, we need to just keep hammering the wide receivers just because we didn't get like one of those like top five stud guys. Yep. So that brings us to, to round eight. I won't cheat. I would love to get Corey Davis here about a week ago. We could have now he has climbed up into the end of the seventh round range, 81 overall. I think Corey Davis has a path to top 15, top 10 in targets this season. I mean, we've seen that connection early on and what Brian LaFleur is doing. So round eight, Hayden, I mean, I had Logan Thomas listed. That's no longer the case because Travis Kelsey, we went in round one. I got to do it. I got to do it. Since we don't have one of those top names at the position and we're going for a volume number of wide receivers and hoping that a few hit to get us into the top 15, top 20 range, we're taking Will Fuller. We're taking Will Fuller here, who's going at 85th overall. I think Will Fuller makes people stupid, Hayden. I understand that he's going to miss some games. He's definitely going to miss that first one at the start of the season, but at least, and especially since we're drafting for best ball, this was last year's wide receiver eight in fantasy points per game on a new contract, on a new team. So there's so much unknown, and he's still being drafted as the wide receiver 42. His A dot lowered last year. It might even lower more this year. But still, Hayden, I don't think people watched the Houston Texans last year because they think he's just this like downfield, big time, vertical shot player, and that's it. He ran screens, he ran in the slot. He absolutely won in the intermediate areas of the field. Look, you can have your personal evaluations of Jalen Waddle. I would say at best, they are equal talents. I can't wait to see Will Fuller. And I think Hayden, one of the reasons why other than people believing they can predict injuries and sure fair, you could have predicted them in the past with Will Fuller um, is that we just haven't seen him in a Dolphins uniform at all. We've seen so many of these other ADPs change because of one preseason game, one series in the preseason practice reps that I, I think Will Fuller is going to shock some people with how good he is and getting him in round eight with the potential of like a top four round player. Boom. Absolutely love it. Are you telling me that a former top 50 overall pick has developed in the NFL the last couple seasons? Like, <laughs> I mean, he, he's not just the downfield threat anymore. Like he's a, he's a all around awesome player. He's yards per route run against zone and man coverage were awesome last year. And I, like you said, I think that he's the, He's going to get open more than Devontae Parker ever will. And I think that Jalen Waddle probably has some growing pains to go through to get up to where Will Fuller is. And I think that Will Fuller on play action, crossers over the middle, two is going to see him open and just throwing the ball. And I think that Will Fuller, he's not going to have the the season that he had with Deshaun Watson, but we're not expecting that. We needed a couple spiked weeks from him. He'll be in our flex. He'll be our wide receiver three a couple weeks. And that's all you can ask for. Our YouTube comments on our Will Fuller video are absurd. People think that he is straight garbage. Like they, they think he's a mockery. Like that, they're so behind on the Will Fuller evaluation. Like I, I get it. There's there's some risk here, but it's the risk in the eighth round. Right. He's he's so much better than what people will give him credit for. Yeah, fade those people. Have them draft in your league and get Will Fuller in the eighth round. Sometimes you give him the ninth round. I take him in the seventh round too. I just absolutely love and hey, and I love it for this build. You know, because again, we didn't start off with a Steph Diggs and, and a Calvin Ridley, you know, we're, we're trying to take shots. And I really believe in, especially those first two names that we have in a Rob and DJ Moore. after that's Adam Thielen, Devonte Smith, the outcomes are, are vast and we're not done. I also think you and I can just pick wide receivers better than other people as we go along in this draft. And Will Fuller is definitely one of those names that yes, there might be a few outcomes there, but man, if we get that ceiling outcome, we are so set with this build with Najee Harris and Travis Kelsey at the, at the start. I absolutely love it. We're going to do one more wide receiver here at the top. I'm going to go with Michael Pittman. Have to. Everything's, everything's just kind of falling in place for Michael Pittman. T.Y. Hilton has a, a disc injury in his back. He's kind of dealt with this previously, but now he's older. I think that the, this is a, a very threatening injury for T.Y. Hilton, and that means that Zach Pascal is going to be joining him in, in 12 personnel. And We know the Colts love to run 12 personnel. I think that Carson Wentz and Michael Pittman, what they're both good at, kind of aligns down the field. I don't think that Paris Campbell necessarily fits with Carson Wentz here. And I think Michael Pittman just might be really good. So we've done, we've talked about him plenty enough, but I just think that the the opportunity is there. It's just him. The front office is really relying on Michael Pittman. The other thing I would bring up is he was two picks away from being a first round talent, but we never view him as that. He was two picks away from being a first rounder. And we, we always kind of underestimate these guys that were drafted at the very beginning 
of the second round because they don't have this first round label. Michael Pittman, if he was drafted two picks earlier in the NFL draft, would be being drafted way higher than this. I think that Michael Pittman has a path to a, a really big season, like even up to like the wide receiver two, wide receiver three, if he's good enough at the game. And I think he is. We had Matt Harmon on the show, one of our best shows of the summer. He praised endlessly what Michael Pittman can be. So has the coaching staff. I mean, the two pillars of this offense this year, it's going to be Jonathan Taylor and it's going to be Michael Pittman. And while Jonathan Taylor's ADP has kind of recovered since Quentin Nelson and, and Carson Wentz have been brought back into the fold, um, I don't think Michael Pittman's has at all. He's another one of these players, Hayden, that you and I are a full round ahead of in terms of where he's being where he's being drafted. I will say in round nine, it's to me still loaded at the wide receiver spot. Curtis Samuel's out there. Marvin Jones is out there as well. So round nine is, again, a, I think a sweet spot for wide receiver picks, but I'm so glad that we get a real team's number one pass catcher who is still being extremely, extremely underpriced and undervalued in Michael Pittman, who's going as wide receiver 49. Are you kidding me? Smash that all day. And let's be honest, we needed we needed a USC Trojan in this lineup eventually. So <laughs> round nine is, I think, perfect spot for that. Um, okay. I'm going to kind of veer away from individual evaluations here and Hayden make a team that if we're buying into the players that we've already selected in the top nine rounds, um, then we need to believe in this guy too, probably. And that's Jalen hurts at quarterback here in round 10. This is the area he's going in um, right around the likes of Trey Lance, Ryan Tannehill and Matthew Stafford. Personally, I would predict that Matthew Stafford is going to finish the season with more fantasy points. Hayden, but one, I've also been a bit more impressed with Jalen Hurts this preseason than I expected. Like we see a lot of other quarterbacks who are quote unquote athletes uh, just bank on that rushing and that mobility and the face of interior disruption fold and try to screw out the pocket. He didn't do that in that first preseason game. And what we also get is incredible rushing upside to go along with potential progression as as a passer with an, a legitimate a legitimate stack that we have created here with, with Devontae Smith. I mean, last year, look, some of the efficiency and completion percentages were down, but Hayden, we know at the end of the year, it was 20 points. It was 20 points. It was 35 points. It was 20 points. He is the last on the list basically of, Hey, this could be extreme rushing production, which gives us a floor to go along with ceiling developed quarterback play. And so I'm cool with taking Jalen Hurts here as our quarterback one, because I also know this is a pretty good sweet spot to maybe take two if we wanted to. I love double dipping in this quarterback range, going with two of these guys. And I think we can work around Jalen Hurts' downside, which there's still a ton of downside. Yep. But with the Deshaun Watson stuff, I think kind of finally put to bed uh, for his out outlook for 2021. I think that we can be pretty confident that Jalen Hurts is going to get a plenty of opportunity and his leash is going to be pretty long because it's Joe Flacco and Gardner Minshew. And we committed to Devonta Smith. So I think this is the right range. Jalen Hurts was like a seventh, eighth round pick for a while there. I didn't love that. I thought that was a little too early because that's like, I mean, you're hoping that Jalen Hurts turns into like a, a round six quarterback this year. So I thought that was pre, uh, being priced too close to the ceiling. But now that he's dipped, I think this is the right time to get right back in there. We've seen it before. And I think that we can project Jalen Hurts to be a little bit better passing because he has a guy like Devonta Smith. And again, because we have 18 rounds, we are going to double dip in this area pretty soon, I would bet, especially if it gets back to Very round soon. 12 and we don't have another one. Um, and yeah, I mean, look, Jalen Hurts came in and just completely outplayed Carson Wentz. That 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 was so obvious. And Hayden, last year we had very little you know, information on the Eagles, and all of it was negative heading into the season. I mean, their left tackle was out. Brandon Brooks was out. They're going to be better. This year, they, they're something going to be better. And I think Jalen Hurts can hopefully be a part of that. All right, before we move on, Hayden, I need all of you who are here right now, like and subscribe. Do us a favor. We're still on the road to at least 5K. We're going to get to 10K, 15K, 100K eventually. But do us a little solid. Like and subscribe down below. Truly helps us out. Our only goal is to help football be uh, more entertaining for you and to help you win as well along the way. All right, we are through 10 rounds. Hayden, who are we taking in round 11? We are double dipping. We are working around Jalen Hurts' downside in the second half of the season by pairing him with Justin Fields. Jalen Hurts is getting the starting nod for the first couple weeks. If it takes a couple weeks for Justin Fields to go start, boom. Now we're kind of 
going opposite with our two quarterbacks, plenty of dual threat upside. We've already committed to Devonta Smith. It's the same argument with Allen Robinson, except that I think that Justin Fields is sick as a passing quarterback as well. <laughs> I, I'm glad I had Justin Fields like kind of right next to Trevor Lawrence, like coming in into uh, like the, the pre-draft process. I haven't seen anything about Justin Fields game. Like, yes, he missed a couple, couple blitz pickups. He's a rookie. It's going to be, it's going to be all right. He looks awesome passing the ball inside and outside the pocket. His dual threat ability is like uncommon. I think that he can be like a Deshaun Watson type of player. And we saw what he did as a rookie. I think that Justin Fields, we've already committed to Allen Robinson. Like this is just a no brainer pick for us. I love this this back-to-back selection at quarterback. Hayden, I probably would have taken one in round 12, but I'll get to that in a moment on, on who that was. Um, as our friend Charles McDonald pointed out, J- Justin Fields can be a problem solver at the quarterback position. And yeah, people you know, in college talked about him hanging onto the football too long because he just willed his receivers to get open a little bit. But Hayden, we've also seen maybe not designed runs for Justin Fields, but man, when he takes off, we don't care necessarily that like, oh, he missed this one read that would have been perfect in a 20-yard reception because we get a 12-yard run in a scenario where it's third and seven. I could see that happening over and over and over again because he has a trait right now that allows him to fail a little bit series to series. He has a, a, a trump card, a, a get-out-of-jail-free card, and so many other quarterbacks don't have that coming to the league. Mac Jones is one. Mac Jones needs to not be perfect, you know, pre-snap and post-snap needs to be damn good at it. What Justin Fields can be, who can also be an awesome passer that we have seen already, tight windows, you know, perfect touch in some scenarios that we don't see a lot of quarterbacks come to the league. He also has that rushing upside and having both of these pairings of Hurts and Fields. Love where this is going. Yeah, the, the downside risk for for Fields is that he's not going to play early, and the downside risk for Jalen Hurts is not he's not going to play late. So we just pick pick our poison with each one of those guys. And this is a build in the 17th round. If we wanted to go a third quarterback, like a Sam Darnold, something like that, we could if we wanted to. But even just these two guys, this is plenty ceiling. And I think that we, we mitigated the floor by picking the opposite versions of themselves. And to be honest with you, there's a bunch of running backs going – in the 11th round area. I mean, it starts with Tony Pollard, then it's Sony Michelle, Kenyon Drake, Jamal Williams, Leonard Fournette. Like, I mean, I want Tony Pollard, but a bunch of those other names, like get out of here, you know? Right. And like, I like Emmanuel Sanders as a wide receiver at the end of round 11, but you know, nothing's getting my juices going in terms of we're missing out here on a non quarterback selection I, here. I got one thing to talk about the dead zone running backs. Like they for sure exist. You want the wide receivers over the running backs in this range. The way to kind of mitigate that is you bank on that zero running back. Cause it, even if Mike Davis has the RB 20 season, if the way that we're building our roster is we're going to be at least using those weeks. We're not doubling down. We're not hedging against Mike Davis. Like we're committing to the Mike Davis. If he has a boom season, we're looking really good. If Mike Davis just is the RB 20 where he, we're drafting him, at least we're absorbing all of those points and we're, getting back the points that we missed out from the elite quarterbacks by double dipping. And we got the elite tight end and we are building with, with quantity at wide receiver. So I think this is how you build roster construction wise is you commit to your running backs and you let them be. And then in the next couple of rounds, we can kind of shoot for a little bit of a ceiling with our backup running backs. Let's go back to wide receiver. Cause I don't like any running backs here in round 12. Hayden, uh, I irritated people with Will Fuller. Let's irritate people again with Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley's a smash. I understand the foregone conclusion is that he's going to miss time in the season due to his vaccination status. That is so included on where his draft slot is right now, Hayden. Wide receiver 63. I have him as wide receiver 51. I mean, we are like 15 to 20 spots ahead of ADP on Cole Beasley. And crazy us who are getting potentially the second most productive receiving threat on maybe the best or top three in the NFL passing games. And look, Cole Beasley might not be viewed as this better and best ball type in other years, but last year we've seen, you know, 58 yards, 70 yards, a hundred yards, 112 yards, some games, six catches, five catches, 11 for 109, nine for 138 for 112. Cole Beasley is a good football player. Cole Beasley, as long as he stays healthy, and COVID-free is going to be on the field. I understand if you want to avoid him, that is your prerogative. 
But when I want to try to win money, sure, maybe it's an easy way out. And that's what I'm telling myself. You got to smash Cole Beasley in round 12, though, Hayden. I mean, when is when is he going to retire? Like, you were a week away, and he still hasn't retired yet. So, like, he's going to be out there. I mean, did you see the preseason game with the Bills? It's the preseason, and Josh Allen dropped back to pass on, like, 16 of his 18 plays. I mean, the Bills are nuts with what they're doing, and nobody has left. It's the same coaching staff, same front office, same quarterback, wide receivers, running backs. The offensive line is the same. There's no reason to expect the Bills not to be literally maybe the number one team in neutral pass rates. And Cole Beasley's not coming off the field because they play three wide receiver sets and four wide receiver sets. And you see, I mean, Cole Beasley's actually talked about this, how important the slot position is in this exact offense. So when you're that pass heavy, you can't just sit there and drop back and just look for long bombs all back down to your slot receivers on occasion because he's basically the run game, kind of like what we saw with the Steelers last year. So, I mean, he was the wide receiver 37. And yeah, we're going we're gonna to buy the dip on, on Cole Beasley. You have to. I, don't, I know if you don't want to talk about it publicly. In fact, I've put out tweets of, of in praise of Cole Beasley's ADP and then had to delete them a little bit later on, Hayden, because it comes back to bite me in the mentions. But uh, just take Cole Beasley and, and, and profit. And then don't judge yourself. Don't look in the mirror later on. Okay. Here we go. Hayden, round 13. I love our wide receivers, by the way. I mean, for not taking one in the top two rounds, ending up with Allen Robinson, DJ Moore, Adam Thielen, Devontae Smith, Will Fuller, Michael Pittman, and Cole Beasley. And again, we have stayed in the brackets of around eight to 12 picks of the ranges at the 107 start. I love our wide receiver room. Yeah, we build it with the perfect amount of depth. And I think that the the you don't want more than seven wide receivers, three round 12. That's kind of what the data from last year showed us. But I think that we nailed it right. I think that we were a little bit concerned with our wide receivers because we didn't get one in the first two rounds. But then you just flush it out with a bunch of guys that could be wide receiver threes, and we'll just ping pong those those upside weeks. Okay. Who's going to be our pick here in round 13? I mean, it's, it's Alexander Madison. Like, I, I still do not understand why he's being drafted this late. I think it's because he busted in the one-week sample. Oh, Dalvin Cook didn't play in week 17, and then Alexander Madison have 25 PPR points. Is like We just are going to completely ignore that. I mean, Alexander Madison is a three-down player if they want to be. I believe that they just released Amir Abdullah, and so I, I think that it's just going to be him out there. And I think he's actually good at the game. If you look at some of his efficiency metrics and broken tackles and all that stuff, he's been like a borderline like top 12 guy on, on a on like definitely lower volume than the other studs. But I think he can do it. And he's averaging 4.6 yards per carry over his entire career. So I think this is the perfect opportunity. We, we drafted Adam Thielen early. I think that Adam Thielen and Alexander Madison are actually kind of correlated. If Dalvin Cook got injured, the Vikings probably going to pass the ball a little bit more. That helps Adam Thielen. And Alexander Madison absorbs all the... Um, r- rushing work. So I think that this is the perfect correlated bet and the ceiling play. If Mike Davis is RB 20 and then Alexander Madison, we get a couple weeks of him being at the RB eight overall. We're looking, we're looking pretty solid. Yeah. Love this. I, I don't understand why he's, you know, such a drastic drop off, even of where Tony Pollard is going at 120 overall. And then we're getting Alexander Madison two full rounds later at 148 overall, because while Tony Pollard, probably has a little more standalone value each and every week. Hayden, the ceiling is unlocked if something happens to Ezekiel Elliott. I don't know if Alexander Madison reaches seven, ten touches per game, but if Dalvin Cook goes down, you're getting a top ten running back each and every week. And again, it's a discount of over 25 selections here with Alexander Madison compared to Tony Pollard. I mean – I'd take him in round 12 just to make sure I have him on my team because we are so far ahead of where everyone else is drafting Alexander Madison this time. I also think that the Tony Pollard has some usable weeks thing is like such a myth. Like he just doesn't. Like when Ezekiel Elliott's healthy, then it, Tony Pollard's never in your lineup. If Tony Pollard's in your lineup when Zeke's healthy, that means your team is screwed, like beyond screwed. So like I think it's just like the same bet. Dalvin Cook, Ezekiel Elliott, who's going to get injured? We have no idea. So we'll just take the one that goes a couple of picks later. Before we move on from round 13, Hayden, a player that we talked about a lot earlier this offseason that we thought could unlock the Baltimore Ravens passing game and has since been injured and has since seen his ADP tank a lot. That's Rashad Bateman at 149 overall. Can you, you know, create a narrative, paint a picture of a way that you would draft him in this area? Because we've seen Michael Thomas, you know, who might miss six, seven, even more games than that be taken well ahead and sure Michael Thomas is a better player we know than Rashad Bateman but Hayden 
missing three or four games in September, then coming back. I still think Rashad Bateman can give us usable weeks and is a sneaky stack if you do get Lamar Jackson early on in drafts. I like where he's going right right now. And I, I don't think that you were expecting – I mean, Rashad Bateman likely wasn't going to be in your starting lineup in weeks one, two, three, because the rest of your lineup is fully healthy and he's a rookie that comes on later in the season. So I think that he's being drafted properly. I think that he's a really good player. Like, I, I was very excited about Rashad Bateman in this offense, just what he's going to provide between 5 and 15 yards from the line of scrimmage, something that was just Mark Andrews and then, like, literally – I mean, guys that would not, they're not even in the NFL are the the Ravens, other wide receivers. And now I think Rashad Bateman could be that X dude in the slot a little bit, way bigger than the other wide receivers on the team. So I, I'm a fan of Rashad Bateman still. Yeah, another one of your favorites in MVS is on the board there in round 13. We've made the case multiple times for him. Probably if I skipped in round 12, Cole Beasley, you would have considered MVS there in round 13. All right, let's jump to round 14. Hey, there's a, there's a few names here. I don't necessarily want to dip into the waters of your Paris Campbells, your Randall Cobbs, your, your Tyrell Williams. Uh, you know, KJ Hamler stands out to me as another one of these spike week players, but I think we've done a pretty good job so far at wide receiver. Um, also, if we had like a different build and maybe Logan Thomas there in what round, round eight, then maybe I would have gone a tight end here, but I think we can wait a little bit still because we're just banking on Travis Kelsey each and every week. I'm going to go Damian Williams, you know, continue to hammer this running back insurance area. And it's so clear to me that he is the running back insurance for, for David Montgomery with Tariq Cohen still on the mend. Damian Williams, who missed last season because he opted out. Um, we've seen the workload that David Montgomery can have. And if he goes down, who knows what path Damian Williams might walk down. But that's the type that Hayden and I keep advocating for in rounds 12 through 18. It's your second quarterback. It's spiked weak wide receivers or ones with volume that are undervalued. And it's running back insurance because if they hit, boom, you're getting a top seven round guy all the way down in round 14. It's the same correlated bet with if David Montgomery gets injured, Damian Williams gets into the RB role and then Allen Robinson and uh, Justin Fields are probably going to pass the ball a little bit more. So this is like the correlated bet where all of these things kind of piece together. And I believe Tariq Cohen is on a six game pup list. I think that they placed him there. And I don't, I just think that Tree Cohen just might be done with the NFL. Like, yeah. I, I, he was really inefficient before his ACL. This ACL injury seems like it's really, really nagging. And I think that is just going to be David Montgomery and then Damian Williams. And I think that he's one of the higher upside uh, RB insurances. And look, if we didn't take our second quarterback in round 11 with Justin Fields, I probably in round 12 would have taken Trevor Lawrence. There's a whole video out there on our channel for him if you want to understand why I believe he still might be the most underappreciated fantasy asset there this season. Even in round 14, Hayden, someone like Baker Mayfield is going. And Baker Mayfield, while the volume of his pass attempts might not be there, he might just have ridiculous efficiency in terms of scoring touchdowns through the air this season. Absolutely. I, I think that Baker Mayfield could have the Kirk Cousins season from last year where he had through a ridiculous amount of touchdowns. So that's why I kind of like Odell Beckham too. We, okay. we never talk about Odell. Yep. Totally agree. Okay. So four more rounds. We just have one tight end. We have four running backs. We have seven wide receivers so far. We have two quarterbacks. I think that math adds up. So now round 15, four rounds left. Hayden, who are we taking? One of my favorite values in all of best ball right now is Hunter Henry. And we're going to take him in, in the 15th round here. I think he has a higher chance of leading the Patriots in snaps, even though they paid Johnny Smith a little bit more money. I think the reason why they paid Johnny more money is it's you can't find Johnny's explosiveness at tight end. And that's why he's a unique skill set that Belichick wanted to create for. I think that Hunter Henry is going to be the wide tight end in the line, the better red zone threat, the guy that's going to be running down the seam more often and I think that he's also going to be a mismatch problem as well. Because I think that opposing defense is probably going to send their best like nickel defender, whoever's supposed to be guarding tight ends. They're going to put that on Johnny Smith because he's such a crazy athlete. And I think that Hunter Henry's matchups could even be easier. And I think that with, with Mac Jones here, we got to buy somebody from the Patriots. We're definitely a fan of the Patriots offense, the way that's constructed. And I think that Hunter Henry, we've seen it before. Like we haven't seen it. Uh, from a lot of these other guys being drafted in the tight end two mix. And I've seen it from Hunter Henry. I think he's actually good at the game. I really like this area for your your tight end twos. In round 14, I was considering Cole Komet. In round 16, if it got to me and we didn't take one, I probably would have put Austin Hooper on our list here. But Hunter Henry, at least one of these Patriots tight ends, is going to hit. 
and in round 15, it's absurd that he's being drafted as like the tight end 19, the tight end 20 right now. Absolutely. I mean, he's a top five contract at the position in the NFL. They're going to use yeah. it if he's healthy. And the entire offseason, we were like, Hunter Henry is definitely going to the Patriots because Bill Belichick loves this dude. And like it just happened. And it was so predictable. But that just shows you how much Belichick's appreciated Hunter Henry's game for, for years. Yeah. Daniel in the chat, what about Jacoby Myers and NA? New England. I mean, love he's him. going all the way up in, in round 10 now. We absolutely love him. We loved him all summer. We loved him when he was a 16th round selection in May when we talked to Phil Perry on this very show, beat writer for the Patriots. It's gotten expensive, but Hayden and I are, are still buying. He might belong in that Jarvis Landry territory uh, in drafts. Okay, Hayden, round 16. I mentioned I have Austin Hooper written down. I have Josh Palmer written down. I don't think you really need to pay attention to ADPs necessarily here. Just like get the guys that you yep. want. There are a few that I like in, in round 18 that are absolutely going to be there in round 18. I don't know if you were thinking Darrington Evans in round 17, but hey, now I want to lean into Jalen Hurts here as our quarterback one, potentially, and go with Quez Watkins. Why All not right. Quez Watkins in, in, in round 16, who seems like he is going to be on the field in three wide receiver sets, wouldn't shock me at all, Hayden, if he outplays Jalen Rager and ends up on the field in two wide receiver sets if they keep running out Dallas Goddard and, and Zach Ertz out there. And spiked weak player. We saw it. Intermediate catch, run after catch, 80-yard touchdown for Quez Watkins in the preseason. I think he is emerging as legitimate downfield threat. And if we're believing in Jalen Hurts, which we are in this build, then I believe in Quez Watkins as a 16th-round selection. Some might say Quez Watkins is is better in best ball. We'll, we'll we'll see what his role shakes out to be. And they they cut Travis Fulgham, I believe, as well. So he was like one of the threats to the three wide receiver sets. I think that Quez Watkins is firmly in three wide receiver sets. He could be by like week four, week five in the two wide receiver sets, and that's like what we're really looking for for the Eagles offense. Yeah, hopefully Jalen Hurts rushes for eighty yards and a score. Quez yeah. Watkins has a long touchdown, and then Devonta Smith got seven targets, and we're we're sitting really pretty. So I like this. Two more picks. Round 17. Who is it, Hayden? I also want to dip in. Uh, we're going to go Tyson Williams. Yes. Love this. And a couple of reasons. for If you're still doing uh, Best Ball Mania or if you're doing Puppy 3, there's some game theory elements here where nobody's been drafting Tyson Williams. So if he has a big season, you have a huge advantage. So I think that's one reason. And I also take him all the way up in like round 15 if you want to in those. Like right. make sure you have him on your roster if you believe in Tyson Williams. Because while there is still time for the Ravens to like add a, another back, right? And we know absolutely nothing about Tyson Williams, the player. What if the Ravens do believe in them? That means he's going to get 130 carries this season as the counter to Gus Edwards in that backfield. And getting that and not just waiting for his ADP, which right now is on the verge of 17 and 18 instead, just making sure you get it in round 15. Totally cool with that game theory aspect. 100%. And I think that, I mean, Tyson Williams kind of interesting. His his college production is really bad and he transferred. I, I never like when players transfer for earlier in their career for like no reason. That always scares me. But he was awesome for BYU for the first four games before he tore his ACL. I mean, he shredded USC for like 99 yards, and I remember that game. And he's an awesome athlete. And he kind of just jumped out of nowhere and just took Justice Hill's job. And I think that he has a chance to provide some like some flex weeks just if he is the, the RB2. And I really just trust the Ravens kind of just like finding these like random guys. It's just a great organization. I think that Tyson Williams could be that really solid um, highly a athletic running back that can just sprinkle in for eight touches per, per game and maybe rips off a, a long run. And while and how their roster stands right now, he does have more standalone value than someone like Darrington Evans, who we typically take in this area too, because something certainly has to happen for Derrick Henry for Darrington Evans to have usable weeks. Again, there's a pretty clear path where Tyson Williams has usable weeks, even with Gus Edwards and Lamar Jackson staying healthy. Okay. I'll close out this draft. And Hayden, because we skipped on wide receivers in the first two rounds, I think we have eight right now, if my math is correct. Um, I think we can close out with one more, even though nine is a pretty big number when we it's half our draft. But Nico Collins here in, in round 18, I love it. And consider that Nico Collins and Brandon Cooks almost certainly are your two starters at wide receiver for the Houston Texans. It might be the worst offense in the NFL. I personally speaking for myself, want to bypass the top wide receiver on that team who's being drafted in the top 90 and instead go with the one who's being drafted at 208 overall with a 
top five school pedigree in terms of conferences, an athletic background, a, a massive size. We saw in the preseason slant routes running over a closing safety. This is the type of bet Chase Claypool-esque to believe in at the end of your draft right now on a total unknown and closing your draft with someone like Nico Collins who might give you nothing but could also give you five weeks. I love it. Since the Texans literally spent the second highest amount of draft capital trading up in the third round at NFL, like since like 2000, I mean, they traded up like a fourth and a fifth round pick to move up like 10 spots to get Nico Collins, which is absolutely ridiculous. But since then they've traded Randall Cobb, they released Kiki Kute and he's starting over Chris Conley. And I thought that Chris Conley had more of a veteran presence. I thought was going to be out there for the first couple of weeks as a starter. Nope. Preseason uh, week three, we went over on, on, on uh, Monday's show He's starting. So like all of a sudden you have this high pedigree player who's going to be in all the snaps. And we know that the game script is going to be on his side. So I think that D Eskridge, Nico Collins, Josh Palmer, all these second, third round picks that are being drafted this late, Diami Brown, all these, these, these rookies, I I'm very intrigued as like your eighth, ninth wide receiver in best ball. Hayden, I got to say it. The comments are furious with us already. And I think I, I, I want to outline them because I think it shows that we do kind of live in a bubble that we think that this type of team construction is obvious, but to some people it's not. And a lot of the concern is, is at the running back spot. So what if Dave, what if Najee Harris gets hurt in week two and he's out for a few weeks and you have to start either Damien Williams, Alexander Madison, you know, Tyson Williams, so on and so forth. Oof, Mike Davis as your running back two from Matt is not good and no backups to help that depth out. Not good once again. Thank you for repeating that twice. Okay, Hayden, let's lay out why we believe the strategy and still not even drafting a running back in round one and getting two legit starters. Why is this construction okay from our standpoint along with, hey, just draft as if you're right. If you're not first, you're last. I mean, who cares if you came in fourth fourth place in your fantasy league? So like, we're not trying to come in fourth place. Like nobody remembers the fourth place team in your league. We're banking on Mike Davis, Najee Harris to have big seasons because if we if they do have big seasons, we're looking really good at our tight end, quarterback, and wide receiver positions because we're banking on those guys. And I get it. Like nobody wants Mike Davis. Like I, I totally understand why. I just think that he's better than what people think. And I I I know we're shooting for upside here. And I think that we're kind of keeping in mind. You can use this type of build in Best Ball Mania 2. There's still about 15% filled. You are left to be filled. Go Best Ball Mania 2 with this strategy. You're trying to come in first out of lots and lots of, of, of entries. And even in your home league against 12 other people, I still think you need to be shooting for massive upside because you just still have to come in a top 10th percentile in, in your own league. So I think we're banking on Mike Davis and Najee Harris's volume winning out here. And I think that both of them are good players in their own right too. Hopefully this comes out of my brain like it's stored in there as also, Hayden. While you can question this team and say, well, what if Najee Harris gets hurt? Or We're what screwed. If Mike, <laughs> what if Mike Davis gets hurt? Yeah, we are screwed. But here's the other element of that. What if Najee Harris plays 17 games? What if Mike Davis plays 17 games? And what if the person who took Dalvin Cook at the 102 and he misses games? Boom, there's Alexander Madison for you, right? What if the same thing happens with David Montgomery, someone who took him in round three? Boom, we have Damian Williams. So it's not just the players with injury concerns at the running back position on our team that it can happen to. It can happen to others as well. And the other part here is, okay, if we took Mike Davis in in round six and then went back and just didn't want to take Devontae Smith in round seven, who could conceivably finish the season as a top 24 wideout, that we're getting in round seven, and instead you wanted to take, I don't know, Miles Gaskin or Chase Edmonds, that's not clear. Th those aren't clear. In fact, like I'm not advocating for taking all of the running backs in the running back dead zone. I want to use that information that we have about that area, but then also use my own personal evaluations of the player and of the environment that they're in and pinpoint ones that I think are going to hit the likes of Mike Davis, the likes of Damian Harris, the likes of, of Gus Edwards. I just don't want to take a running back to take a running back in that area to feel okay about that position a little bit more. Fair? 
Yeah, absolutely fair. And I think that if, if we just swapped out Mike Davis's name for Javante Williams' name, then everyone would be like, oh, look at the upside that we have. And I just think that Mike Davis is going to run laps around Javante Williams and fantasy this year because just the workloads are completely, completely different. So I, I think it's I think it's mostly a, a Mike Davis issue. And like we're totally on a ledge. Like nobody else wants to talk positively on Mike Davis. But I think that at this point we're buying the dip. And I, I you just have to assume you're right. The like number one rule in fantasy football when you're drafting, assume that you're building this lineup properly and then hedge later like the in the the 11 12 13th round that's when you go fill in where your weakness says you don't you don't fill in your weakness in round seven right that's a, that's a starter and i feel like any time that you draft travis kelsey in round one or a wide receiver in round one then your running backs are just going to look worse on for sure on a sheet of paper you know but guess what we have the great differentiator at the most unpredictable position in fantasy football in Travis Kelsey, who scores 110 more points than the tight end three did last season. Then we took a player who there is some uncertainty about just a situation, Najee Harris, but going to get 350 touches. And Hayden, dare I say, because we didn't spend, you know, a top two round pick on wide receiver, that's why we have to hammer it so much. That's why we have to invest so much in it. Because while we believe in Allen Robinson, DJ Moore, Adam Thielen, and Devontae Smith, there's also chances that they might score, you know, 11, 12 points per week. But Will Fuller goes off for 18 points. Michael Pittman goes off for 17 points. Cole Beasley can fill in for us with a, a 12 or a 13-point week. And so there's just so many different constructions for it. And I'm totally, totally happy with how we did it. And in, in fact, Aiden, like, where do you think we're weakest? I mean, I guess at the top at running back spot, that might be the fairest. And at quarterback, there are a bunch of questions. We don't have like a cemented starter, but in light of how we constructed it, I think this is a fire team. Yeah. The, I think the roster construction was perfect. If you want to disagree on Adam Thielen or Mike Davis, like I totally understandable. If you wanted Julio Jones over DJ Moore or somebody else. Awesome. Maybe you like Antonio Gibson over Najee Harris, knock yourself out. I just think that roster construction wise, this is how you do it. You beat it with wide receiver depth and you have to kind of do wide receiver depth in the first 10 rounds right now finish it out with these rookies late and just hope your running backs stay healthy. Like everybody is just hoping their running backs stay healthy. We're not, we're not the only team in this draft that's hoping our running back stay healthy. Everybody is hoping like if your second round pick gets hurt, you are done. It's a fact. My internet's about to cut out. I'm on like one bar at the moment. So let's get out of here. Horn pout. Appreciate you for leaving comments. Really appreciate you. And if you do want to try a best ball, I saw you said you didn't play it ever 25 free bucks. Use promo code this show. Just go to Underdog Fantasy on your app or on desktop. $25 out of Hayden's pocket into your wallet and go try like five puppy drafts instead. All right. That's going to do it for us. We're back here tomorrow with the top 50 overall players in Hayden and my, and my rankings for the 2021 season. And we got a whole bunch of live drafts coming at you in the next few days. So be sure to look out for those on the channel. Like and subscribe. As always, smash it down below before you get out of here. Appreciate you in the comments, Lyndon and Nick and Daniel, all of you. Thanks for the time. Up the villa, everyone. Talk to you all soon. See you.